All right. I'm going to be using my cough button a lot. Uh, remember, remember to use it. Not like last that one time where you were unmuting yourself to cough. <laughs> this was so contribution to that hour. It's just coughing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. It is the coronavirus outbreak edition of the podcast. My name is Jeff Frisco. I'm here with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. Gentlemen, uh, I would say, how are you doing today? But the whole world is burning down. <laughs> I've been quarantined in the house with my hyperactive twin sons for three days, and nobody's killed anybody else. So take that, Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 under on deaths came through somehow. I'm just glad I'm not canceled yet. Mm. Yeah, cancel culture is coming for everything, uh, including sports and uh, um, let's see, Coachella. Uh, what else has been canceled? Well, Disneyland. I, I just mm. got, I was going to do a, a thing at Crest Theater. They're doing um, Breakfast Club, where you get mm-hmm. to eat Anthony Michael Hall. And I just got an email. I haven't read it yet, but um, it basically said concerning those going to attend. I'm sure it's leading off to we are canceling that event. Oh, yeah. There's not a chance that that goes on um, with the current coronavirus outbreak. So we're not going to talk about that too much. It's just kind of something that's hanging over everybody's heads. But um, I do have a question for you guys uh, off the top before we get into this. Um, I would I want to know. If you could compete, speaking of sports, this is a sports podcast, in any Olympic sport, summer or winter, what would it be? I don't know. That's a good question. I'd have to go through like every single Olympic sport. Um, I'd like to ski around and shoot a gun. This seems oh, cool. yeah. That one's I don't, what, fun. What's that one called? I oh, think yeah, skeet one. shooting. No, skeet shooting is with the, the clay pigeons. Biathlon. Uh, Biathlon? Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's what you want to do. Mike, what do you want to do? Oh man. Play hockey? Hockey? That's yeah. kind of my that's my answer too, because it would be basketball. Cause you know, I could go play for some like, you know, tiny country in the middle of nowhere that has hardly any people. Um and uh, you know, maybe I'll be like the eighth, ninth guy off the bench <laughs> or on the bench and um and uh have uh have some actual real uh you know, get dunked on by some uh, NBA players, lose by 120, the usual. Um, and since that was a, a short one, I actually had another question for you guys. Uh, what is your biggest superstition? Ooh. If I'm not in complete control of something, everything is going to go wrong. Evan, that's called anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anxiety is a superstition. Um. Oh I don't really have a superstition. I, mine is just basically whatever. Okay, so the Colts are playing, um, and they're on a losing streak, and they play, say, a team that's like seven and one, and they end up beating them. And out of out of nowhere, for whatever reason, I take a shower at one thirty p.m. in the afternoon um, during the first possession of the Colts game, and they end up winning that game. Guess what I'll be doing for the following weeks? Take this hour <laughs> at 1.30 p.m. on the opening possession. Yeah, that sounds that sounds uh, sounds right. Um, mine is uh, um, if something is it's kind of like yours, Mike. It's uh, it has a lot to do with not shaving. Uh, I guess I, I have a, a Samson complex, um, not shaving, not cutting my hair. Um, I think I've mentioned on the podcast I was going to cut my hair before the 49ers Saints game. I didn't. 49ers won that game and I did not cut my hair between then and the Super Bowl. Um, so by the end, it was pretty, uh, pretty bad and shaggy. I looked a little bit. Uh, I had some uh, George Kittle hair going on uh, much thicker, though, than, uh, than George to, Kittle's street. I had hair. to cut my hair today. First time. Really? I can't go outside. And all I had was a beard trimmer. How'd that work out for you? I made I made one mistake in the beginning, so now it looks like I have male powder and baldness. But overall, <laughs> considering nobody has to see me but my family for two weeks, it's going to be fine. Oh, man. <laughs> that, 
That's amazing. So, all right. Uh, so, before, so this this week's episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking part two of our uh, free agent frenzy wish list. Uh, part one was on our Patreon feed last week, which if you want access to the Patreon feed, just go to patreon.com slash football absurdity. It's three bucks a month and you get access to um, two extra episodes a month uh, during the off season and an extra episode per week during the regular season. Side note, if there is a regular season this year, um, but uh, what we do is we each pick a, a guy at a uh, position and uh, kind of say where we want him to go for um, fantasy football. Um, so, like I said in the uh, Patreon post, we did uh, quarterbacks and tight ends. This episode will be uh, running backs and wide receivers. And for our patrons, uh, the Patreon post that we promised you is still coming this week. It is going to be coming on Sunday. And uh, that will be the guys that we drafted, the additional people we're talking about, where we want them to go. And I have to redraft because, as we'll get to it, one of my guys is not going anywhere. Um, so, um, if you would like to support us in our growth, like I said, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. Um, you can also go to fanduel.com slash footballabsurdity. Uh, that lets them know that we sent you. I don't know what you're going to bet on right now. If I'm being real honest with you, there's nothing going on. <laughs> Everything is canceled. So maybe FanDuel, uh, not going to be a lot of uh, referrals this month. But if you're bored, you're quarantined, you're stuck at home, you can go to tiny.cc slash absurdity. We have Discord. We're talking the draft coming up right now. Um, we have some good uh, good discussion in there, some good guys, um, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, so... We will go ahead and get into the news. Uh, this is kind of late breaking. Both of these things were announced today. Uh, we will start with Hunter Henry. So the uh, L.A. Chargers announced that Hunter Henry uh, will receive the franchise tag, an exclusive franchise tag. Um, there are uh, two types of uh, franchise tags. Um, Mike asked me to get into this, and it's probably a good idea to let you guys know what uh, you hear these terms, franchise tag, transition tag, and what do they mean? So... There's two types of franchise tags. There's the exclusive franchise tag and the non-exclusive franchise tag. So both come with a one-year contract to the player that is either the average of the top five salaries at the player's position in the current year for the exclusive or the average of the last five years for the non-exclusive. So it is going to be a little bit lower or for both 120% of the previous player's salary, whichever is higher. So that keeps, uh, you know, the highest paid quarterback from getting a franchise tag at the average of the top five, essentially allowing the team to take a pay cut. So with the exclusive franchise tag, it is, guess what? You're either not going to play next year or you are going to be on this football team. That's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, this is where you saw um, some recent franchise tag holdouts. The only one off the top of my head I can think of is Vincent Jackson, and that was almost a decade ago. <laughs> but uh, franchise tag holdouts, this is what you hear. It's the player wanted a long-term contract, so they they, they don't sign the contract. Um, you can still negotiate with the player, get a long-term contract going, but this guarantees that they will stay on the roster for the next year. Um, so Hunter Henry got that tag. Um, the non-exclusive tag, like I said, it's a lower amount of money, but it does allow the player to negotiate with other teams. But what the, what this tag does is it allows the team the first right of um, refusal. And um, if they decline to do that, then they get the team that lost the player gets two first round draft picks. So for all intents and purposes, unless it's an extremely good player, like top of the line player that uh, that tag is a cheaper version of the exclusive tag. Um, but it allows the player to kind of do contract negotiations. Otherwise the other type of tag is what's called a transition tag. Transition tag is the average of the top 10 salaries of the prior season or 120% of the player's salary, whichever is greater. And um, it gives the team the first right of refusal on a contract like the non-exclusive tag, but they get no compensation if the player does not match. A team is allotted one of each tag. Um, and if they tag a player in multiple years, price goes up. Stop a team from just repeatedly tagging a player um, to uh, keep them under wraps. So those are what the tags are. Um, so does it mean that Sandy at uh, Los Angeles Chargers are showing faith in Hunter Henry? Or what does that mean? I would say it's they're showing faith in Hunter Henry. They're also trying to make sure that they don't lose... Um, in one year, Hunter Henry, Melvin Gordon, and Philip Rivers, I would say. 
Um, I would say that 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 that's a, a show of faith and a show of, oh, boy, we can't let all of the popular players leave all at once. Maybe so, maybe they should come up with with uh, is there thinking about how they should spend their money? Maybe they should hire someone that actually knows how to do logos because that would be a good start, too, as well. Well, their logo is fine. The problem is that the Rams logo looks like it should be their logo. <laughs> well, I guess the L.A. Bolts logo is the, the Bolts logo that they did um, was kind of was pretty silly. It, uh, it, it was very, very. Hunt, yeah. Hunter not, Henry is popular. Yeah, people love Hunter oh, yeah. Henry, dude. All right, good for him. <laughs> I I, and it's six total Henry. games played in four years or whatever. Yeah, Hunter Henry does have a, a, a problem with injuries, but I would say that this, I, to answer the question, if this is a show of faith in Hunter Henry, it may, I mean, it's probably not, to be honest with you, because they are asking for to see one more year of Henry before they put assign him to a long-term deal because as Evan said, six games in four years, which is a hyperbole. Um, I don't want people to think he's actually done that, but he, he's only played in um, 41 games um, in his first four seasons, which would be that he lost, he missed uh, 23 of those games, uh, including the entire 2018 season, except for the playoffs. So, um, so for fantasy football for 2020, so the expert consensus ranking on um, Hunter Henry right now, expert consensus rank, I'm pulling off of fantasy pros in half PPR has him as the tight end eight off the board. He is behind uh, Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, Ertz, which is tier one, tier two. He's at the bottom behind Waller, Hooper, Engram, and Hunter Henry. So that puts him ahead of Jared Cook, Tyler Higby, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard. So if Hunter Henry does return to the Chargers next year um, and their quarterback, let's say their quarterback is um, Justin Herbert, has a propensity to throw the ball downfield a lot, has um, a propensity to lock onto a first read, um, runs more than uh, Philip Rivers did, but then again, uh, so does the statue. How do you feel about that number eight rank behind Waller, Hooper, Ingram, and ahead of Cook, Higby, Fant? Wow. Uh, I, you know, I'm not really a, a big fan of Waller this year, but uh, I think I think is where he's going is probably pretty good as far as the number concerned, as far mm-hmm. as players are concerned. It's a little different to me. I, I think that um, I would have some players ahead of him, some players behind, but overall, at that number eight spot, I don't have a problem with. Well, who would you flip behind him, and who would you flip ahead of him? Um, I'd have to get the names again, but like Waller, I would put I put Waller behind mm-hmm. behind Henry, um, and then just a couple other players. I I don't remember the names, all the names you said, but it just triggered where I would have them. So let's just talk tier two. Let, let's rank the tier two guys here on, on the fantasy pro rank. So get out your pens, write them down. We got Waller, Hooper, Ingram, and Henry. Waller, Hooper, Ingram, and Henry. Uh-huh. So Evan, where, how would you rank those four guys? Hooper, Hooper, and, uh, Hooper, Waller, Ingram, then Henry. Wow. Okay. I don't, so you, I don't want to spend more than a dollar on a tight end who has an injury history. I'd rather spend a dollar on a lottery ticket. You know. See, I see. I see. That's why I, I differ. I see Henry as a lottery ticket. That's the thing. Okay. Is, if he goes for a dollar, then yeah, totally I'll get him. Yeah, uh, Mike. Have you had a chance to think about it? Your answer, sir. My answer is Ingram, Hooper, Henry, and Waller. All right, so I am closer to Mike than I am to Evan. I would put these guys, I would put Hooper 1, Ingram 2, Hunter 3, and uh, Waller 4th, and I would actually drop Waller down to tier, to a Tier 3 uh, player just because um, I kind of, with Hunter Renfro, he was not um, too great last year. And um, the reason that I see, um, um, you guys can disagree with me and see what you think about this, but the reason that I see Hunter Henry as a lottery ticket is that um, if he plays, he is extremely good. I know this is the uh, Jordan Reed, <laughs> the Jordan Reed argument that I fought back against uh, for years. Um, but on a 16 game uh, pace, he was on pace for uh, 
uh, for his career for 667 yards, which would have been top uh, top uh, 10 last year, um, seven touchdowns and 53 catches. So he he's a his he would be uh, around a tight end uh, five or six in half PPR last year. So I think there is some upside there. And that's just if he doesn't get any better. That's just if he does what he's done so far. So um, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm kind of thinking, actually, I'm going to keep the order that I said. Guys, I might rather have... I might rather have Noah Fant than Hunter Henry. Am I crazy? Am I insane? I think it all depends on what what happens in the next few months. I might have um, uh, Henry over Hooper if Hooper, say, ends up, you know, like with the Colts, like we were talking about last week. Mm -hmm. You know, if if Hooper goes to a team that is crowded already or doesn't have a great offense, then, of course, Hooper's going to struggle. But, um, yeah, I mean – I, I, I think that if, as we'll get into later, if a landing spot for Amari Cooper is Denver, then hmm. for example, have, for example, you you might have something there with with um with that tight end. All right, so Evan, I can't uh, make that call until I know who's who's pitching in Denver. Who's pitching? Yeah, who's throwing the ball? No. Oh, okay. Well, what, what was that, Mike? Snap, pop, and lock. Yeah, it's it's Drew Lock, buddy. Oh, yeah. There's there's yeah. no QB controversy there. They already they already announced. So it. used to there being one every year. Yeah, that's true. Few. Yeah, that's that's very true. Well, or either that or being a bad one. But um, I mean, if you want the depth chart for who's throwing the ball, um, the hind lock, it's Herman Marquez, John Gray, Kyle. Nope, sorry. I went with uh, this is the Rockies. I was seeing who was pitching was in Denver. Might, might <laughs> <as well be. laughs> I just missed baseball, so I thought I'd work it in. Yeah, Evan, I'm sure you love baseball a lot, right? So good. I love sitting there for three hours staring at nothing. <laughs> Almost as exciting as a wax museum. So good. <laughs> baseball, baseball is great because you can just zone out and you're like, wait, three innings have passed? A third of this game is gone? Oh, what happened? And then you re- realize nothing happened. So I love baseball. But anyways, so uh, Hunter Henry staying with the Chargers. And this has made me realize that I might be overly excited about Hunter Henry because it's looking like his upside um, might be his ceiling. And a lot of that might depend on or his upside might be where he's being drafted uh, as a, a tight end eight. So um a lot of that is going to depend on the quarterback, I think, as well. So in other tight end news, gentlemen, Delaney Walker has been cut by the Tennessee Titans. Oh, this, this um, well, one, there were people talking about Delaney Walker having a comeback. And I was like, please, guys, please, <laughs> please. This also uh, kind of makes me wish that I did not ri- already write my uh, pre-free agency tight end breakouts or sleepers piece because I would definitely have put Johnu Smith on it. Johnny Smith, by expert consensus rank, is currently the tight end 17. That will undoubtedly go up. Um, so uh, we've been waiting for a Johnny Smith breakout for a while. Johnny Smith, a couple of years ago, had a chance to really take a hold of uh, the team with the Delaney Walker injury, failed to do so. Are you, Mike, we'll start with you. Are you bullish on a 2020 uh, uh, Johnny Smith campaign. Yeah, I, I mean, it all depends on what they do there. As far as I, I think they're definitely feeling secure that they can release Delaney Walker uh, because of Johnny Smith. But oh, who is the other tight end there? I can't think of his name. But um, uh, Ferkser. Ferkser. Yeah. How could I forget Ferkser? Yeah. Uh, he uh, you know, he put some some time in too, and I. It, it all depends on how Tennessee devolves this offense. And if Ferkser has a big role in it, then you, you obviously Johnny Smith uh, is going to take a hit. That stock's going to take a big hit. But if he's sort of just a backup tight end like Johnny Smith was to Delaney Walker, then, yeah, I really like uh, Johnny Smith this year. Evan, how about you? I'll buy in. I'll buy into it. You'll they buy into Tannehill it? that doesn't look bad. Sure. It, it, he seemed to look, look for him. They seemed to develop a report in the playoffs. Okay. 
I'll put them on the lottery ticket list. Uh, yes, um, you'll leave it. Um, you'll leave them on the, the lottery ticket list. But I am not so bullish again, like Hunter Henry. I for the guy who always talks about all the late tight ends that he likes. Now that I'm looking at Johnny Smith, I would still say he has upside. He's a very talented player. But my concern is that uh, Delaney Walker basically didn't play in 2019. Delaney Walker basically didn't play in 2018. So what does Delaney Walker playing in 20 or not playing at all for the Titans in 2020? How does that make him take a, a huge leap forward? Uh, Johnu has um, he's averaging 41 targets um, per year over the last two years without Delaney Walker, 385 yards, three touchdowns. So I do believe in the upside of Johnny Smith as well, but we may be running into a situation where in the target volume just isn't there, especially Evan, you mentioned one free agent, Ryan Tannehill. The other free agent that I'm wondering about is Derek Henry. Now they did cut Dion Lewis as well, which don't worry. We won't be talking about the fantasy impact of cutting Dion Lewis <laughs> from the Tennessee Titans, but, um, they may be gearing up to re-sign Derrick Henry and turn this into a ground-and-pound team uh, even more so than it already is, in which case the Delaney, or the, the, the Delaney targets that might go to Johnny Smith, those just might completely dry up. And so, you know, we may have an instance where I would take Johnny Smith, but if in the first two games of the year he's only gotten, say, six targets across those two games, I'm, I'm cutting bait. I'm cutting bait on Johnny. I'm not waiting around to see what happens because... He just there's there's not a lot of target volume there though down the stretch um, he did have uh, uh, 123 yards and a touchdown across uh, weeks 14 and 15. I'm sorry weeks 15 and 16. But so wasn't uh, Delaney Walker serviceable during the exotic Smash Mouth years? Delaney Walker was serviceable be, be, um, during the exotic Smash Mouth years, but they also didn't have AJ Brown and Corey Davis and who else did they get there? Humphreys. They got a lot of guys in that passing game that, it, and, and if you don't uh, have a lot of passes to dole out into that passing game, I'm, uh, I don't know. Well, I don't I, know. I, I think the the biggest issue is the fact that they that that whole uh, Smash Mouth was Mike. Mike, please exotic Smash Mouth. Exotic, <laughs> very exotic. Um, what well, a didn't work, and B now it it's not anything exotic about it it's it's smash mouth and players like aj brown are going to succeed uh where someone like uh you know Brookser and johnny smith won't because what they do is they just give the ball to the hammerhead henry and let him pound and pound and pound away and then take a deep shot on say second and four and hit aj brown for you know 45 yard touchdown so it, it, it really limiting um, the tight end production uh, because they're not just they're just not going to throw short because it's all about running and getting the ball deep as much as possible. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of my my worry with Johnu. And you know what? I I think my tight end strategy, and I want to hear from you guys too. So in the past, I've been thinking about taking two late quarterbacks and letting one you know, kind of rise to the top. I'm wondering if I should copy and paste that strategy this year to tight ends. Cause I believe in the upside of a lot of these guys going say 11 through 20, but a lot of these guys have significant downside. I mean, guys going 11 through 20, you got Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Gasicki, OJ Howard, David Njoku, Johnny Smith, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Ian Thomas, all of these guys, except for Eric Ebron and maybe Jack Doyle, you can tell a story that ends up with them in the top seven, six or seven tight ends. But at the same time, you can tell a story like David Njoku ended up in the doghouse last year for Freddie Kitchens, and he's he's not playing. So you can tell a story where they end up anywhere between tight end six and tight end 26. And so I'm thinking, and tell me again if I'm crazy, I'm taking two tight ends this year. That, that's how I'm thinking of doing it. For me, it depends upon bench space. If there's six or more slots, then yeah, that's okay. If there's five slots, though, that's 40% of my bench as a quarterback and a tight end. That's where I draw the line. Oh, that's what I'm saying is I'm only taking one quarterback. Oh, no, God. Take two Ooh. quarterbacks. No. In fact, I'm... Lucky I'm in quarantine. <laughs> or you fly down here and, and get me. But, um, so, okay. So, I, uh, I would... Um, 
I would guess yes in a shorter bench league. You, you you do have a point there. If I'm taking two quarterbacks and two tight ends, then I will um, not be doing that. But maybe that means I'm going to pay up for a tight end then. Or I'm going to pay up for a quarterback then. Well, yeah. I mean, no I would. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. I know I... it's the end of the world and everything, but. <laughs> so let me get this straight here. Your plan is to instead take one bad tight end. Yeah. <laughs> instead of taking two gonna, bad tight ends I'm strike home. out might as well strike out only once <laughs> well you know in baseball they famously say you only get one swing at the pitch so you might as well take one swing at it I thought, you said, I thought they got three that's the joke it's been a while since I watched baseball that's the joke Evan I think we oh. should pivot to fantasy baseball I'm totally going to rock it uh, now is the time okay guys so who are you taking in the first round? Trevor Story, Eric, uh, Alex, let's call him Eric Brigman. Alex Brigman, Fernando Tatis. Who are we taking here? Who are we taking? I can only name one player, and maybe he's not playing anymore. Does Mike Trout still play? Dude, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Okay, well, that's why I can name him. <laughs> Mike Trout also, when they were getting messy, might be on HGH, and the league is just okay with it. So that's that's a... That's a thing that might be coming down the pipeline. That was a rumor. So, all right, back to football. That has been the uh, Baseball Absurdity Podcast. Um, let's talk about uh, free agency frenzy wish list. Unless you guys have anything more to say about... Um, Delaney Delaney Walker? No. I have a question for Evan. Uh, so, I'm in a auction league right now, a $1,000 budget. Ooh. And I have Dallas Gardner right now at 53 bucks. Is that a good um, buy or not? So that's like ten bucks in a two hundred dollar budget. Uh, no, no, no wait, you, no, 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 no. It's a thousand dollar budget, though. Right, right. right. Sorry, I, I extrapolated it to two hundred by dividing by five. And uh, double digit for a tier two tight end, yeah, because uh, at least one, probably three or four tier two tight ends are going to fall for like two dollars. You know, unless you're all in on Dallas Goddard, then just go get him. Sure, and and I think fifty three dollars will be enough. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be. It's a dynasty league, so I'm more based on next year or the year after than this year. But okay, yeah, yeah if it's dynasty and you really like them, that's fine. Okay, I'll I'll watch that for my next tight end. Fifty and right now Hooper's going for sixty three. So we'll see. Mm, okay. All right, so uh, actually, before we get to free agency frenzy, um, I would like to open up the football absurdity mailbag. Uh, Evan has seen this, but we got a letter. I can't be exposed to dust particles, dude. I got respiratory <laughs> stuff going on. You got a bumper coming around. We got a letter on through the contact form on footballabsurdity.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can go ahead and send us a letter there. And oh, is uh, it this letter? Yes, I would awesome. just like. I would just like to get everybody's opinion on this. So through the contact form, this is from Bessie Henson, a loyal listener. Thanks, Bessie, for uh, everything you do for us. Uh, title, uh, evidence shows evil Bill Gates funded the coronavirus. Repent and have faith in Jesus Christ today. Um, evidence, uh, see how Bill Gates funded the coronavirus. Repent and have faith in Jesus Christ today. And then a link to a YouTube video. So um, what do you guys think about that? What's and, the uh, video? I, I was scared to click it. I just opened it and it starts by saying, so the original video was blocked worldwide and the background is uh, Bill Gates with a, um, a bunch of fire. Uh, behind him i guess insinuating that he's in hell um all right i'm scrolling through and there's bill gates with some hebrew over him some hebrew over him again oh who would have thought that the uh poisoning the well narrative would have been anti-semitic huh who would have thought all right so that closes the mailbag for today i just wanted to share that with you folks yeah (laughs) please if you're gonna contact us um uh, uh more conspiracy theories i would like that please so, all right, we're going to switch. Something the off season. Yeah, right. Uh, the what's going to be the eternal off season pretty soon. Um, but make so them football related. Make them. Uh, Tom Brady is spreading the coronavirus because he can't decide on which team to land on. He's spreading the coronavirus because he open mouth kisses his son. Uh, oh God! You have to remind there. me of that again. Oh, <laughs> oh, that is so horrible. Well, I guess I know what's going to be the image for this episode. All right. <laughs> Time for free agency frenzy part two, gentlemen, part two. Um, so we're going to be talking uh, running backs and wide receivers. And what we are doing is, uh, like I said, up at the top, um, if you're just joining us in the middle of the episode, first of all, very weird. Second of all, sure. Um, 
we each picked a player and we wanted to talk about uh, where we would like to see them go uh, for fantasy football purposes. Kind of the most exciting uh, player to team matchup for 2020 fantasy football leagues. And Mike got all of them in first. So Mike gets to go first. So Mike's running back that he wants to talk about is Kareem Hunt, uh, formerly of the Chiefs and now on the Browns. I think he's a restricted free agent, right, Mike? Yes, sir. He's a He's, he is a restricted free agent, 24 years old. Uh, he had a $1 million contract with the Browns. So being a restricted free agent, uh, which I didn't know. I thought a team could just sign a player to a restricted free agent contract, you know, whenever or however they, they agree to contracts. But um, that player has uh, to qualify. And to do that, he has to either have – three or fewer seasons um, being played or played in six or more regular season games with a team. Um, Once a player has received a qualifying offer or a tender, what they call a tender, from his current club, he can then begin negotiations with any new organization. So if he gets a qualifying offer from the Browns, then he can seek services wherever he wants. if a player agrees to a team that he's negotiated outside of his current team, then his current team can either sign him and match that deal or say, see you later. And, you know, those things, whatever happens, depending on what the team needs are. So what great, gratefully, the team has five days to make that decision. So they can't, okay, Krim Hunt gets a qualifying offer for, say, $8 million for two years, and the Browns don't have to say, okay, we have to agree. They can take five days and make that decision on whether they want to match that or not. If, of course, they don't match that, then adios, Cream Hunt goes to wherever he decides that he wants to get that contract from. Now, with that said, who are the teams that could probably offer him some deals? Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, going back, going back home, baby. Oh, come on, man, that's insane. <laughs> which, which would be totally a, a total drama show if he went back to the Chiefs. But look at, I mean, we know Lashawn McCoy is gone. Damian Williams is he the answer? I, who knows? Really, we do know that Cream Hunt is could be the answer there if he decides to go there, and would make Damian Williams pretty much you know useless, expendable. Um, and we saw what the Chiefs could do without Cream Hunt when the Super Bowl. Can you imagine what they would do with Cream Hunt when multiple Super Bowls? So it, it would be it would be a long, long lineage of Super Bowls for the Chiefs if if they went and got Cream Hunt. And nobody is more deserving of a Super Bowl ring. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then you know. Probably for for reality's sake, he's not going to go to the Chiefs. But these are some real options. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. Coleman is gone to San Francisco. I don't even know if he's going to stay in San Francisco. Devontae Freeman, he's with the Falcons, but he's most likely going to be cut. Uh, He has a hit of a $9.5 million contract, but as we've seen, he's been horrible, Um, unproductive, and been hurt. So whenever you're mixing being unproductive with being injured, there's really no use for you. And basically, Hunt can just clamber that role and and really push, you know, for Matt Ryan's later years to to really help the Falcons offense. And then the team that I really think he's going to end up on um, if he does declare free agency and go somewhere else other than Cleveland is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Hmm. And I was looking at their, I was looking at their history, and that running back field for the for the Buccaneers has been awful. I, I take it you don't you don't like that, Jeff. All right, you'll you'll you'll, you'll find out. Go ahead, continue. I'm just I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Hmm. Okay, so check this out. Uh, I think the Buccaneers came in in the NFL. I think in what 76, 77, something to that effect. You know who their top five running backs of all time are? Peyton Barber. Muscle Hamster. Yes, Muscle Hamster is in the top five. Woo! Um, 
shoot. Oh, I almost had to edit the podcast. Mike uh, Alstott. Mike Alstott is also in the top five. Oh, boy. That's two of the five. I liked him because he would, he would always have his head bleed when he went for a uh, goal line carry. He would always have what? He would get up and his head would be bleeding. No. Oh. <laughs> I thought that's what you said. I was like, huh, interesting. Um there's one. Oh, 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 um, oh, oh, God. What's his name? Um, he's, he's it's not Cadillac, is it? Cadillac Williams is another one. Yes. Yeah. And um, uh, bah, 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 bah. he played forever. He played there for forever. Oh. Think Thunder and Lightning. With Mike Allsott and. Ron Dane. No, Mike Allsott was the Thunder. Oh, oh, um, done. Done. Yeah. That's four of the five you guys got. There's one more. Dude, I don't know. It's what probably era? some guy that started before like I was even Bobby born. The garbage truck lane or something. <laughs> <laughs> the dump truck. No. Um, he's actually the one that has the most yards uh, on the Bucks history. And he was pretty good. Not too bad. Uh, James Wilder. James Wilder. Wilder. So those are your top five of all-time running backs for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. James Wilder, Mike Allstott, Warwick Dunn, Doug Martin, and Cadillac Williams. Uh, Is that good? That seems bad. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bad. Um, and then if you are if you go even farther down the list to the top 20, you, you'll see names like Eric Rett, Peyton Barber. We know who Peyton Barber is. What? Where's uh, no? Where does Peyton Barber rank? Uh, I think he's like 12th right now. Okay, um, okay. sure. The Garrett Blount is still in there. Check um, and then there's also two quarterbacks in the top 20 of Buccaneers rushing. Can you guess which two? Yes. Go for it. It's Josh Freeman and Jameis Winston. Yes, sir, it is. Jameis <laughs> Winston and Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman is in the top 20 of Buccaneers running backs. So... Obviously, they need a running back, and they need a good one. Kareem Hunt, definitely that. Uh, so if you just look at the duo from from this past year with Jones and Barber, they can buy for $1,000. Dog, dog made a uh, cameo appearance. <laughs> they can buy for 1,149 yards and 13 touchdowns and caught 47 passes together, Jones and Barber. Hunt, by himself, his rookie year, 13-27. 11 touchdowns, and 53 receptions. So Hunt, in his rookie year, out, outpaced both of these guys together. Well, we, we got it right there. He's going to Tampa Bay. That's the way it is. And uh, also, don't forget that Winston, Bruce Arians. Role model for him. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Arians also um, clamored for uh, um, Hunt as well. So there you go. So uh, Kareem Hunt on the Bucks. Graham Hunt on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where would you just ballpark? You don't have to give a specific number. Where does Kareem Hunt on the Bucks uh, rank for you? Oh yeah, oh god, that's a tough one. It depends on who the quarterback is, but I would say top fifteen. Top fifteen. Yeah, okay. more near fifteen than um, one, but yeah. Okay, so. Uh... Evan, what do you think about that? Sure. Sure. Those All right. South teams need to catch up with uh, Carolina's run game. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, just that easy, huh? To, to just be uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, shoot. I mean, the South has had some pretty good run games. Uh, you got uh, Alvin Kamara. Last couple of years, you had, what, four or five years ago, you had Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman were both top 20 guys. Um, but Mike, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because the free agency or the free agent running back that I want to see go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's 27 years old, so he's a little bit older. Um, but he has only played in 12 games each of the last two years and his, uh, per 16 games for those last two years, uh, 225 carries, 998 rushing yards, uh, 92 receptions for 786 receiving yards. Do you know who that is? 20. Uh, mm, He's no. averaging about 1,700 yards. I'm sorry, 1,750, give or take, uh, y- yards a year. Oh, wow. And, 
and um, well, this is the pace that he's played at. He hasn't played full seasons. That should give you a hint. Kareem Hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon can smash it down your throat if you need to. Melvin Gordon can catch football if you need to. Melvin Gordon is a can run past you if you need to. He is a multi-talented running back who is who needs to um I just need to find Joe one more time. He needs to what? Oh, I uh was talking about how he needs to find a home one more time. One more. Okay. Um so um, he um, is extremely multi-talented, and I thought back of uh, Bruce Arians running backs, and I thought back, and I, I, I just let's just say at random, a team from 2016 um, had a running back that uh, went for 4.2 yards per carry compared to Melvin Gordon's 4.4 yards per carry. He did have a lower yards per target. Uh, Melvin Gordon did 6.5 compared to 4.3, but this guy. Um, did not score touchdowns at such a prolific rate. And that is 2016 David Johnson. Basically what I'm saying is you can take Melvin Gordon's skill set and map it onto a David Johnson uh, or map it onto a Bruce Arians um, scheme. And you have a close approximation of 2016 David Johnson. Melvin Gordon on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a locked and loaded middle of the first round pick. Period. There's no getting around that. Um, he has the talent. The team has the ability to get him the football a lot. And I think that he, um, <clears throat> I think it's going to be slam dunk first round pick. It would kill the Ronald Jones hype. And um, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is there in Tampa Bay. Um, I want Melvin Gordon to go to Tampa Bay and smash and feast. And it'll be question mark quarterback with Chris Godwin. Um, Mike Evans, Melvin Gordon, locked and loaded, rock and roll. It'll easily become a top offense in the NFL if they use some of their draft pick draft picks on the offensive line, no matter who the quarterback is there. So I would like Melvin Gordon to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and not Kareem Hunt. Well, you can't have it your way. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> So we've gone from two of the best running backs in the NFL talent-wise, Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon. Or, Evan, do you want to respond to uh, Melvin Gordon? Who would you rather see, Evan, Melvin Gordon or Kareem Hunt? Well, Melvin Gordon, because he's a human being. That's true. Okay. Let's pretend Kareem Hunt didn't do the things that Kareem Hunt did. For fantasy Kareem football. Hunt is younger. How dare you? He didn't you? really get a chance yet. You're wrong. There. Okay. So... Uh, Evan, you you know, uh, Mike and I really snagged some really primo uh, running backs, Cream Hunt, Melvin Gordon. You got a guy pretty much on that level that you want to talk about. Um, he's 29 years old. He took a contract offer he got from his current team, and he said, Sir, no thank you. I will test the open market. Yeah. That, uh, that is your it. favorite player, yeah, Carlos Hyde. <laughs> thousand yards last year. So he needs to go to a team. Where an offense is already established, and they just need a plotter to get them those three yards in a cloud, and maybe break it off every once in a while, but just just be a body that's that's got a little talent to it. Uh, so of course, first I thought Atlanta, and I'm glad I didn't because you guys covered that. And then I thought Tampa Bay, and I'm glad I didn't because you guys super covered that. <laughs> and uh, so finally, I decided he's the perfect fit for the Washington Redskins, and here's why. Carlos Hyde went to Ohio State. Quarterback Dwayne Haskins went to Ohio State. Wide receiver breakout, Terry McLaughlin. McLaughlin? Yeah. McLaren. McLaurin. McLaurin. Terry. I just call him Terry when I see him face to face, so I kind of forget. He went to Ohio State. And almost all projections for the draft have them picking Chase Young from Ohio State. So let's just turn this into the Ohio State All-Stars, and I can have two favorite teams. It'll be awesome. There you go. Just uh, Ohio State uh, 2.0. Yeah. He called the Buckos instead of the Buckeyes. There you go. Anything they're, but their current name. Yeah, right. Not a great current. Or they could change it because, you know, Buckeye, there is a uh, redskin peanut. And they can just rebrand the mascot and it can be that they're about the peanut. Buckskins. Buckskins. That'll work too. Um, they could be are you, like. Are you listening, Snyder? Did you tune in today? 
<laughs> that that threw me off because I have a friend uh, whose last name is Snyder, and that's what we call him. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Uh, is Snyder listening? I mean, I, I call know. Dan face to face, but uh, that's kind of a generic name. And I'm now realizing his name is also Dan Snyder. Shout up, Sny- shout out, Snyder. All right. So uh, Carlos Hyde to watch the podcast. No, there's not a chance in the we world. We can't say that Dan Snyder listens to our podcast. No, there's not a chance in the world he listens to this podcast. Um, so um, I'm going to disagree with you there because I think that you're that, that, say that he didn't go to Ohio State. No, I'm going to say that, that backfield is too crowded and he would get cut. You would you would you would uh, you would temporarily live your dream in the preseason and then have your heart broken when he gets cut in the regular season. Counterpoint: Adrian Peterson didn't go to Ohio State University. All right, what's that guy's name who keeps getting injured? Guys, yes, Darius Guys didn't go to Ohio State University. It's fact. Look it up. Google it. So what I'm thinking is, hear me out here, Evan. A team that needs a change of pace back that has a strong number one running back that just kind of needs a guy to give him a breather. Um, sounds kind of like uh, he needs to be head down to uh, Sin City, become a Las Vegas Raider. And then you can ascend to Nirvana and have Carlos Hyde on your favorite team. Fun. On that note, what about him in Minnesota? I was thinking about that. Um, Minnesota, but they have, I think they like the Cook Madison duo. Uh, That's true. They duo. like Madison. Madison's still young, so they're not, they're not totally abandoning him. I have a, a mental image of my head of him getting a minimum contract right before training camp starts from Arizona, though. That's what I see. Kenyon Drake spends big money. They figure out a way to get out from under David Johnson, and then they have to bring in cheap guys, which Carlos Hyde might be at that point. So that's that. That's my idea. Um, or or Seattle. Seattle might be a good bet because they just need a guy for a year, um, while um, their their actual running backs that are part of their future, Chris Carson, Carson and Rashad Penny, heal up. How do you like that? How do you like that one? Actually, for fantasy football. Carlos Hyde in Seattle, a team that loves to run the football. I thought about it, but I think they're still going to stand behind Carson and Penny. Well, they're both hurt. That's the thing. And Carlos, yeah, Hyde no, it's a good move. I just don't think see, that Seattle's management can see it. Okay, Mike, what do you think? I, I think that anybody that's probably prone to hurt will like to go to Seattle because isn't um, Jordan Reed talking about going to Seattle now? So. Yes, the world's most fragile man is flying to what is currently the epicenter of coronavirus in the United States. <laughs> Which is not good. Um, so, yeah, why not? Just have all the injured people go go there and uh, have a party. Mm-hmm. So, all right, not a bad idea on my part. I agree with what I said. So, anyways, on to the next one. So, Evan, we'll, we'll loop back around to you. You wanted to talk about another former 49er because you're a huge 49ers fan. Um, you wanted to, well, fingers crossed he's not a former 49er, but Emmanuel Sanders. Where do you think Manny Sanders, who's like 32 now, uh, where, where do you think, he, where do you want him to go? Shucks, in my notes, I have uh, A.G. Green is the one I picked. I thought Manny Sanders was for something else. I do remember picking Manny Sanders. Okay, well, we can yeah. talk We can talk A.J. Green. That works. Okay, great. Thank you, because I researched that. Um, no, AJ- no, I want you to talk about the guy you didn't research. <laughs> and you're going to own me on, because he's a Niner, so you'll know everything. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, A.J. Green needs to go somewhere where he'll be appreciated, you know, with a quarterback who's a veteran. So maybe Tom Brady will resign with New England, and he'll finally be their wide receiver one that they're seeking every year. I like that, you know? What do you think about that? I have two options. What do you think about that option, first of all? Well, some, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick with AJ Green, I would like that no matter who's the quarterback. But uh, my my hot take was uh, uh, Andy Dalton and AJ Green are both uh, Patriots next season. How do you huh. like that? Uh, as a Patriot hater, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the other place I was thinking was. He goes over to San Francisco with Tom Brady as quarterback. Oh. That would work. You're, right? you're, lucky, you're lucky I was yawning when you said that, or else I would have snapped back at you. Um, no. I mean, first of all, first and foremost, the 49ers don't have the cap space for that. So check and mate. Second and second as foremost, um, if they get Tom Brady, they definitely won't have the cap space for that because they'll have to eat a bunch of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo money. 
So deal with that, buddy. Trying where, to, where, try, are they, where are they in cap space? Trying to get me all riled up. They have 13 mil. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Yeah. The, Evan's just trying to get me all riled up, but I will not let him. I will let facts and logic rule the day. Stand um, your ground, man. Stand I'm going to stand my ground. Um, yeah, the 49ers are kind of in a bad spot with cap space. They're going to have to make some bad decisions or some tough decisions. Um, but luckily, they don't have any good draft picks this year, so they don't have to worry about paying those guys. Um, they have a first rounder. They have a first round draft pick, and then they have, I believe, five more draft picks, all in the fifth round or later. Wow. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, real talk though. Real talk though. AJ Green to um, New England, and we'll say that uh, Tom Brady does. Mm, we'll say does and doesn't come back. We'll do each scenario. Evan, where is AJ Green on on uh, New England with and without Tom Brady? Where does he stand for you? With Tom Brady, I'd say borderline wide receiver one, like twelfth through fourteenth. Without Tom Brady, I don't know, dude, like twentieth if he stays healthy. Okay. But if he if he has a quarterback who doesn't protect his wide receivers, he's over. He's toast. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. The New England Patriots replaced Tom Brady with famous Jameis Winston. Then where does he rank? Move him into the top ten. <laughs> top ten. Top three. <laughs> All right. Um, Mike, what do you think about uh, uh, A.J. Green to um, to New England? To New England? Um, I, you know, I, I like the idea. It, it's Okay, let's just say Tom Brady's there. Obviously, that... AJ Green would be a great person to go there because he's a tall, fast receiver that they love to have for their offense. They they love those tall guys that can get downfield. But the problem is, is that AJ Green has had so many injuries over the past past few years that, and plus the fact that he's thirty one years old, does he still have that speed? Yeah, or or you know, I I don't know really know he's 30, much. He's about actually thirty two. Thirty two. Okay. Oh. Or he will be when the season starts. One or the other. Uh, he was July thirty first. He'll turn thirty two. So before the season starts. Oh, then I am wrong. He, he will be thirty two years old. Um, and so yeah, I mean, really, what 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 does he have that? And we don't know. Uh, we really don't know if he's still the AJ Green we saw on the field a year ago for whatever four games. And I, I don't know. I don't like I don't like it. Um, but I do like the fact that he would fit greatly in that offense. So I, it would have to become on a very cheap end for me to be interested in buying AJ Green. Well, AJ Green ain't going anywhere cheap because the um, Bengals are trying to give him a multi-year deal. So, well, I mean, like if if I was to draft him, um, I would have to draft him on the cheap, not not his contract being cheap. Oh, 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 oh! I gotcha. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I, I can't be too excited about AJ Green um, for those reasons. I'm kind of a, um, I'm not going to reach out and grab the uh, the injured guys, um, banking on a bounce back. That's uh, just not my style. So especially uh, that I owed him after trashing him for being injured last season, and then he got injured. I feel like I kind of danced on the grave a little bit too much there. That's no, fine. He was going to get injured regardless. The dude hasn't been healthy in, what, four years? Yeah, that's very true. Um, he's He's been having some serious injury issues um, as of late. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, the next uh, free agent that we want to talk about. And, Mike, that is you. And I'm stalling because I believe I closed the window. There it is. Uh, you want to talk about... Uh, the man himself, you mentioned him earlier, Amari Cooper, and you gave up the ghost. Amari to Denver, huh? No, I, no, no, not, not yet. Um, but we'll see. Um, he's definitely, one of the options is definitely at Denver. Uh, Amari the Ferrari is 25 years old. Uh, mm, I don't know if he's earned that nickname. No, he hasn't. I was okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, not even close. Uh, Four-year, $22.6 million contract, uh, and he is a unrestricted free agent. Uh, one of the landing spots I have um, is outside of Denver. Well, I'll just say Denver right now. Uh, 
I, I think it would be a really good spot for him. Pairing with uh, Cortland Sutton would definitely push that Denver offense and allow Sutton to spread his wings even more. I mean, the talent is is there, but the offense in Denver has very much constricted his his possibilities of doing more. And plus, you're looking at Drew Locke and Noah Fant. I think all those players would <laughs> would skyrocket in, in value if if Cooper landed there. Um, so that that would be a really great place for him to go. Arizona Cardinals is another spot. I think with that passing offense, the fact that the Cardinals need another receiver, the fact that he can um, combine with Larry Fitzgerald and help Kyler Murray in that just every single down passing offense would be very beneficial. But it's hard because you got Kyler Murray. I don't think he can benefit Amari Cooper. And Drew Locke, uh, we saw some, some good play from him, but how good, we don't know. And can he really benefit Amari Cooper? Then you're looking at Buffalo as another landing spot. And Josh Allen uh, has shown a great deal of promise after his horrible rookie year. They don't really have great options. Cole Bisley is a good possession receiver, but not great. John Brown is a good deep threat, but not great. They have Dawson Knox there, who we really don't know. Um, and adding a Cooper could really benefit that Bills offense, help Josh Allen and be able to spread the field even more so. Then, okay. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Then the other team, see see if you guys know, have heard of any of these receivers. Marcus Green. Rock no. Davis. No. Shelton Gibson. Of course. Who hasn't heard of <laughs> Shelton Gibson? And River Crawcraft. Dude, I have. Oh, you threw that one in there to trick us. Dude, I have a River Crawcraft jersey. Okay, classic River Crawcraft jersey. You're just gaslighting me. So yeah, don't you know? Everybody knows River Crawcraft, who is an American football wide receiver and return specialist for the Philadelphia Eagles of the National Football League. He played college football at Washington State. Of course, everybody knows this. Everybody knows that one. Yeah. Um, So yes, those are the Eagles receivers. As Nelson Aguilar is headed out the door, and Deshaun Jackson is 33 years old. The only guy there, besides these guys that I just named, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, that we don't know if it's going to be good or or bad or if he's a wasted second-round pick, we don't know because he didn't show anything that he had promised to show. And so, obviously, a great landing spot for Mari Cooper with no other receiver on the team, wide receiver. Of course, they got great tight ends, but wide receiver is Mari Cooper would definitely benefit uh, with Carson Wentz. But all those teams said, all those teams that are good possibilities, he ain't going anywhere, to be honest. Um, he's, he, he needs Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott needs him. They've already put – they're going to put Prescott – sign him to a bunch of money. So they're going to need a return of investment. And the only way Prescott's going to get a return of investment because he relies so much – um, wide receivers and tight ends to run the correct route is to have Amari Cooper come back. And they're going to have to shell out a whole lot of money, but he is the guy, and he will stay with the Dallas Cowboys. So you gaslit us for everything else. <laughs> Boo! 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 Yeah, I think he's staying with Dallas. <laughs> yeah, uh, as much as I'd like to see him if I if I were to pick any team outside of the Cowboys for him that I'd be really excited about as far as a fantasy relevant would be probably the Denver Broncos. I think he would that would be really fun to see him there. So it would be Fant, Cooper, Sutton, and I feel like I'm missing somebody there. Sutton and then Deshaun Jackson or uh, Deshaun Sutton Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, that's who I'm missing. That'd be a pretty, pretty, pretty good receiving core for Drew Locke, I would say. That's the type of receiving core that gets somebody spicily putting Drew Locke into their top 10 um, fantasy quarterbacks for 2020. Um, Just because look at the weapons around him. He can't fail. Yeah, yeah. They're all, yeah, it would be a, yeah, for sure. That would be a great. Plus, I think that would really benefit Noah Fant because you have Cooper going downfield and you have uh, Sutton going downfield, and guess where that's going to leave Fant running down the seam? Boom, lock the the Fant all pretty much all day long. 
All right. No, that's that's uh, I would like that. That would be nice. I don't like that it takes away from Noah Fant because um, Noah Fant needs uh, two hundred targets for me to be happy next year. Um, but um, I, I do like that idea. So um, where would you put uh, Amari on Denver? Uh, I probably, I don't think he, I think he's more name recognition on Denver than he is actually going to be good. I, I would put him like where he finished with the Raiders, sort of a marginal uh, wide receiver one, like 10, 10 to 12. Okay. Okay. I really don't like Amari Cooper outside of any other team except for the Cowboys. To be honest with you, I just I think he he's it just really meshes well with Prescott and and himself. Any other team to me, I don't think he's all that good. Well, I've had I've long since had a take that Amari Cooper has never lived up to our expectations for him, and um, that perception that, that he, one week that what yeah. The, <laughs> The week that, well, if I hadn't lost my Twitter account for uh, mocking a neo-Nazi, I would be able to post my uh, my tweet from, I think, three seasons ago now, which is, uh, Amari Cooper will never be a wide receiver one. Stop uh, stop uh, drafting him that way. And, yep. um, because that's we have this perception that, like you said, Mike, uh, quarter, wide receiver 10 to 12, and he never really finishes well. He never finishes there. He has weeks where he blows up and then he has weeks where he completely disappears. So yeah, that's, um, that's kind of, uh, Amari Cooper. I would say 12 to 15 is the, um, the place where I would put him top. Like we could cross it at 12 and, uh, Oh boy. Okay. Sorry. I got distracted. I got, <laughs> I just got a message. They are closing the schools around me now. San Juan Unified School District. Boo, boo, boo. All right. On my level, dude, we're closed until late April, man. I don't. Ha- I don't even have kids. Everybody keeps asking me what. How you want some? People keep asking for. Some. People are asking for like tips how to work from home, because my wife and I. Why uh, my wife and I have worked from home for ages. My wife's worked from home for three years. Yeah, I've, my wife's bad at working from home, but she's gonna have to do it eventually. So I'm gonna have to train her. Yeah, if you count the time I spent working in my car as working from home, as in not going into an office, I've worked from home for like six years. So we're we're pretty used to it. Um, so, but that's fun. Anyways, I'm going to move on to, um, my guy and then go back to continuing to panic about the coronavirus. So the guy that I want to see the wide receiver free agent, excuse me, sorry. Um, he announced, or there was news that he's probably staying put. He's probably not switching teams, but the player that I would like to see change teams is Robbie Anderson. One, we've seen what happens when Adam Gase guys leave the team. Saw it with Kenyon Drake. Uh, we saw uh, Mike Gesicki and Devontae Parker when Adam Gase was removed from the equation. We saw Ryan Tannehill on the Titans last year. So I would like to free Robbie Anderson from Adam Gase's uh, clutches. And where I would like him to go, I would like the, to make the most vertical offense in the NFL. And that is the Detroit Lions. So the Detroit Lions are right now are one of the most vertical offenses in the NFL, if not the most vertical offense in the NFL. Um, I put together some numbers. So there's per these numbers are per airyards.com. I got some data and I manipulated it a little bit. Uh, 203 wide receivers received um, some air yards last year. That's how many are in their database. 30 teams had um, uh, players with at least 50 receptions. There are 44 of those players. 13 players had at least 50 receptions with with an average depth of target over 13. Okay. Those players were Odell Beckham, John Brown, Devontae Parker, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Marvin Jones, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and AJ Brown. That's a good list of players, right? Right. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. All of those guys or most of those guys are going to be in top 20 lists next year. Now, if I, I'm not going to list those guys again, but two names should have stood out to you there. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. The Lions are the only team in the NFL with multiple wide receivers to have 50 receptions on an average depth of target over 13. That is going to let Robbie Anderson eat. That is going to let Robbie Anderson thrive. That is going to be huge for Matthew Stafford. It's going to be huge for Marvin Jones. It's going to be huge for 
Robbie Anderson and Kenny Galladay. So I also looked up, well, do any of these guys play in the slot? None of these guys play a lot in the slots, but they can play in the slot. Uh, Kenny Galladay plays 25% of his plays in the slot. Marvin Jones, 15. Robbie Anderson, about 18%. So you can move these guys around inside, outside, all around the formation and really have something there. They could have the most vertical offense um, in the NFL. It would do wonders for Matthew Stafford. He could just chuck it up, go deep, which is how he wants to play. And that'll be big for those four guys that I outlined, Stafford and the three wide receivers. But also, I think it would be big for carry-on. One, can't stack the box. Can't stack the box. How, how are you going to stack the box with three guys that are just going to run deep on you? That's one. Two, Remember the Ravens Joe Flacco heyday where there it seemed like a design play to Torrey Smith where Joe Flacco would just chuck the ball up deep, let Torrey Smith get defensive pass interference either at or near the end zone, and then Ray Rice would run in for a cheapy touchdown. Uh, this is how Ray Rice got, I believe, 12 touchdowns one year, not to diminish Ray Rice's uh, ability, but screw Ray Rice for what he did. But I think that this could be a lot of cheap touchdowns for on Johnson and, or whichever running back that is there after on Johnson gets hurt and um, can help the entire offense uh, do a lot. So the guy I want to see is I want to see Robbie Anderson. I want to see him go to the Detroit Lions. I want to see them turn that into the most vertical offense in the National Football League. I, I, I'm excited. I, I like it. I just don't think on Johnson can do that but you don't think carry on johnson can fall forward from the one yard line I, you know I, I i think he could probably fall forward from the one yard line now can he fall forward from the one yard line and not get hurt that's that's probably the question i think you can fall forward from the 50 yard line yeah it's it's uh, in one uh, yard okay evan what do you think about it uh, i think that the I think it's possible, but the hype is going to push his draft stock up too high for it to be worth it. Through the roof? Same like last year. Okay. And uh, just uh, just as an aside, Mike, uh, on Johnson had uh, nine uh, five-yard line carries, which tied him with uh, one ahead of Leonard Fournette and tied him with Chris Carson for eyeballing it here about 14th in the league. So check and mate, buddy. Did All right. Get hurt did, last well, year? did he score on any of those? Well, you can. You were convinced that he couldn't do it without getting hurt, and he did it enough times, and then eventually got hurt. So you know, he's he, he was one of the league leaders. Um. So all right. So that'll do it. I think for the uh, the 65th episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Um. We will be back in two weeks for you folks. If you want us back in your eardrums next week. Remember, it's patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. We will get you an episode in our feed next week where we'll be talking about the first week of free agency. Uh, that kicks off free agency tampering, starts on Monday, unless the NFL I mean, changes. That's going to be bad. That's going to be the biggest day of the offseason before the draft. Yeah, unless the NFL changes that, um, in which case we might have to call an audible, but I think the plan will be to talk about all the crazy stuff that happens in free agency next week. Um, so that will be on the Patreon feed. So you won't even get that in this feed. So good luck, folks. Um, so again, uh, this has been Jeff for Mike, for Evan. Uh, thank you for listening and you have a good one. Bye. Bye.